This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and this week I'm joined by Sam Heskiff and Nick Gillard as we look ahead to the visit of Everton for the table-topping clash at Sellers Park this Saturday. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, as you hear from the intro there, we have no Albert this week. Guess what? He's on holiday again. I <laughs> I, I don't think he is a Heskip, is he? I, I think there's been just confusion about days. Yeah, he, he reckons he was invited out for a drink with his with his mates. but Sounds unlikely. Yeah, I, I don't know how likely that is. Um, it, it also sounds as though there must be no baby in the Terence Ford household, um, by the volume of the uh, intro. <laughs> that is true. The uh, <laughs> the, the missus is in... Um... Is, is in Germany visiting her mum so the baby can spend some time with her, her grandma or Omar, as they call him in Germany. So, yes, I was. The point of it was for me to get a relaxing week because I've been super busy at work, you know, take a, take a few days off and just put my feet up. But just as she was leaving, she was like, Oh, why I'm gone? Um, do you mind painting, painting the living room for me? So, for, for the last two days, I've been knee deep in paint, but I'm almost finished. But all I've lo- got left to do is blasted woodwork um but you what you, you nick yeah woodwork you, 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 there's your introduction woodwork <laughs> welcome to the show i know it's weird being on a preview um mr wills our woodwork teacher uh we're going back years and years when when you could have corporal punishment in school if you were a bit naughty he'd pick three or four kids out and he had this massive long plank of wood and he'd line the kids up and he'd hit the four or five kids at once with the wood and, and the smart ones you know, didn't go near the end of the wood because they'd learned a bit of physics and knew it'd hurt you a bit more the further up the wood you were. <laughs> you were lucky. Um, you didn't get any of that at school, did you? Well, no, but um, 
I mean, I'm glad you started saying that he was hitting them with his wood and not doing something else with it, to be honest. <laughs> he did once um, show us um, wood on a lathe and he was stroking it saying, oh, this really turns me on, which, you know, 15-year-old boys, we, we were guffawing away. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember uh, we went to the, oh, what is it? In my land, there's a, a sort of, uh, what do you call it? A museum school. And it, you can go there and you spend the day there and it's like it was, you know, hundreds of years ago going to school. Is that and, the one um, with the basement, the playground basement, where they used to just send uh, 150 kids down there without a teacher and just let whatever <laughs> happen? And then they all came back up and there'd be a few bloodied and bruised kids. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what it's called. It's like the poor... No, I can't, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, look it up in my land, there's a school, um, maybe the poor school or something like that. But um, yeah, and they used to... They'd encourage you to play up so they could give you punishment, but they'd slap rulers next to your hand on the table. They weren't allowed to actually hit you. But I had, um, I went to a school called Bow Boys in East London, uh, and the head teacher there was a ex prison officer, and he'd give you a clip round the ear roll. Um, famously for me, he gave me one walking through the corridors you know you walk past him hello mr stickins he just clouts me round the head like leaves my ear ringing and i'm like sir what was that for and he's like i've never caught you doing anything dodgy which means exactly that i've just never caught you i know you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> it was the um the ragged school museum that's the one the ragged school museum yeah yeah so that's what we used to do that's about as close as we got to any um corporal punishment in that sense but um I, I, we'll we'll stay with you nick you're you're one light in the house at the moment you've 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 lost your son to university yeah i'm actually in his room at the moment uh, so i'm not kicking everybody out of the lounge now uh it's very very weird i've commandeered his computer um it's really strange he's in lockdown at the moment in, uh, up at saint andrews and he thought that it meant he had to stay in his room on his own. But I said, no, no, you can you can kind of see your flatmates as well. But I'm trying yeah. to sort out his TV license because the uh, the bastards want all five of them to buy a separate one each, and I'm not having that. So but, the impression I got from the news was that at St Andrews, they were having it so large, they had to lock the university down because of the rising COVID cases. Yeah, there's there's four confirmed cases, and I think about six people have been booted off the course. Uh, my son claims that he hasn't had anything to do with it, so hopefully. But but the TV license thing, I said, look, you're 18 now. Welcome to the world of adults. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, well, in normal university terms, you could go and get a job at a pub or something, but um, you can't do that at the moment, I guess. But yeah. there you go. There you go. Um, what else is... I've... <laughs> I did have this lined up for you, Nick, saying that um, you've been spending lockdown um, enjoying homegrown. But I was talking about vegetables from your garden. Yeah, yeah. I've actually knocked all the, I've knocked the other homegrown you're referring to on the head. I've been sober. I haven't had a drink for eight months and I haven't had the other for about three months now. So oh. I'm actually kind of quite sprightly. Apart from today, which is the first day I've had to go into work and be in for nine o'clock getting up at half six was a killer man i you know yeah. I'm, me, me eyes have got matchsticks keeping them open at the moment so i think we should crack on yeah ask if you you've been you've not been back to the office yet have you no so actually today was the first day that a few people went back just uh, as it's gonna get shut down again and, uh, but they were like you know does anyone want anything picking up or whatever uh, and one of my team who left 
sort of about a month after lockdown started, sent us an email like, I may have left some fruit in my drawer. Um, <laughs> so it was like before people going in, who got the short straw to see if there was like, a, you know, a new form of life in someone's drawer. Is that some sort of euphemism? <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to word it in such a way that it wouldn't be, but I think <laughs> fruit in drawers is quite hard to, to cover. Yeah. Well, talking about fruit, I've got um, a fruity beer here that I'm going to open because I'm absolutely gasping after a day of painting. Now, obviously, Nick, you're not drinking, and we can just assume that Eskiv's got a glass of water or a Modelo. So. <laughs> I have, to have a glass of water. <laughs> well, I've got, and this... This is big, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's the Gypsy Hill Taffa Taffa Mai Tai Sour Owl. Now, if you can find this on tap anywhere and the sun is shining, get it down you because it is it's glorious. So I don't I, I know what it tastes like. Um, and yeah, it's just an un, unreal beer, uh, one of the best I've ever produced. So if you if you haven't had it, give it a try. And I'm going to take a sip of this. And Heskiff, we'll start with you. How good was Old Trafford? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was really good. Uh, we started off really well and scored early. And I thought, well, that's loused it up in it because now probably <laughs> what will happen is we'll defend all right for the half and then they'll get a penalty in injury time or something. Uh, but we just kept on being really good and playing in the way that I think we all sort of knew we were able to last year, but never did. Um, and then even got a bit of a bit of luck I guess with the penalty and then the retaking of the penalty um it's just a shame that we couldn't be there celebrating in the stands yeah Nick I mean that's the sort of thing that you'd expect to happen for Man United at Old Trafford not against them indeed it makes you wonder you know was it because there wasn't a crowd there um but don't get too excited because (laughs) remember I think it was five years ago when we beat Chelsea at their place and we were all creaming our pants about it, weren't we? And it turned out that Chelsea were just shit. And it might be that Man United are just shit and, and will be undone at the weekend because the Southampton performance, all right, we won that one, but it wasn't anything to write home about. That said, it was bloody marvellous, wasn't it? And Atkinson being on our side and the VAR going against Man United, it was just so nice that it was for us, not against us. Yeah, very, very, very bizarre. I um, I went to the Portons to watch the game. Uh, uh, Carl, who's been on this podcast a few times, I went with him, and there was a few other lads in there as well. And um, yeah, was, there there wasn't many people there, but lot, lots of lots of jumping around and pushing the boundaries of social distancing. Nick, yeah, talking about watching football in pubs. What's really annoying is I saw on Twitter today that they're moving fixtures. They're moving them to a half hour earlier so you can watch the whole game without getting booted out with 10 minutes left. They can't do it if you've paid a fortune in train fares. It's just so mm. bloody wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It, it seems very bizarre that they could just say move the fixtures. Now, I'm wondering if that's something to do with they don't have to have policing at the game now. Um, so moving around that sort of operation becomes a lot more difficult there might there must be a reason why they can just move it move it willy-nilly now but can't in other scenarios uh but not that i want to stick up for them too much because it should you know the fan should be coming first in that sense but yeah it, it, again just just speaking it out there does make me worry that 
in the future, you know, are fans more of an hindrance to the TV companies than uh, hmm, who knows? But talking of TV companies, old Steve Parrish has been having it out with Sky Sports News this week. Um, it all stemmed from Sky Sports tweeting. Crystal Palace have made a formal bid of 19 million plus 6 million in add-ons for Liverpool striker Rian Brewster. We've, and so it seemed rather innocuous. We all know of and aware of the Brewster links. And uh, But Steve Harris tweeted back and said, we've asked Sky to take this down as it is a total fabrication from start to finish. We have not made a formal bid or informal. Uh Heskiff, were you you surprised that he went back at them like this? I mean, I I don't think the Brewster links are a surprise to anyone. Is he talking about that being a fabrication or is he just talking about the numbers being a fabrication? Yeah, it was interesting him having a go. I I do wonder as well if a bit of it was him getting rolled up at Evera's nonsense about Wilf on the telly that Sky had to apologise for as well because that was really out of order. Um, it was a surprise because, I mean, obviously, I don't know the, the work into the Palace boardroom, but I assume that the Brewster uh, rumour is true and that we've done quite a bit of groundwork leading up to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of us, certainly all of us lot, take what Sky say with a pinch of salt anyway. It's usually a load of mm. products. And with all the stuff of Jim White and that cave bloke lately with Palace, I don't think they hold much truck with us. Um well, that he's that cave bloke has ended up deleting that tweet in which he accused HLTCO of attacking him with racial undertones. That's now been deleted, obviously, because it was just complete lies. And again, you know, in the back of this, you've got them following up with further lies of it of a far less sinister nature, or is it? I mean, they deleted a tweet and then retweeted saying. CPFC are prepared to pay 19 million plus 6 million in add-ons for LFC striker Rian Brewster. In a previous version of this story, Sky Sports News incorrectly reported Crystal Palace had made a formal bid. So they basically tweeted the same thing, but just jigged it around a little bit. Mm. To which Steve Parrish has tweeted again, saying, since you won't let it alone, nor will I. How do you know what I'm prepared to pay? Or indeed, if I'm prepared to pay anything? I can assure you numbers have never been discussed with me. So who tells you this stuff and for what reason? And why is it okay just to write it? And I think this is where the problem comes from, Nick, is that I think they've done a lot of legwork on this deal. And now there's an agent or someone with an ulterior motive trying to drive prices up. And Sky Sports are quite happily, you know, to take on any information without corroborating it. And um, it could see us ending up, if we do want to continue with Brewster after all this, paying a little bit more than we'd like to. Yeah, he'll probably end up at West Ham now, won't he? Well, someone needs to end up at West Ham. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I I think they're going to be outside the Olympic Stadium with pitchforks and... um, burning it down or something but yeah um perhaps um steve saw the hltco um actually did quite well out of the uh the lies and the slander and thought well more people buy season tickets if they feel they're having a go at me <laughs> well it would appear that all the season ticket holders have actually decided to spend their money on subscribing to hltco so um fair play to him he'll be quitting his job to go full-time with um football stuff so well done to him and good luck. Um, one saga that is over is the Surlot saga. Uh, Heskiv, surreal from start to finish. 
can can you believe that he's actually going to be playing in the Champions League next season? Yeah, that's a bit mad. Uh, I'm just happy it's over. You know, all the time that this was going on, I was just baffled at what the actual terms of the deal were. We discussed we discussed it in one of the last pods, but I didn't know who owned what, how much was owed to who. Uh, so when the story came out and it looks like it was true that us and Trabzon Sport both get like 12 million or 11 million in a add-on and percentage or whatever. Like, that's all right. I just I don't care about him. I never thought he was that good when he played for us. Uh, and good on him for scoring goals in Turkey. I, I don't care about that. Uh, and we've, at, at the very least, got even on it. I think we've made a bit of money on him. So, yeah, I mean, if he ends up being golden boot in the Champions League, then egg on my face, but I don't give a shit about him. Frankly. Yeah, Nick, could you could you see him being the one that got away? Well, I, I was convinced that we'd end up buying him and paying nine million for him at one point. <laughs> but I've I've seen him play; he was rubbish. Do you know what I mean? If if we made fifty p on it, I'd have been happy. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, we've made more than our money back, just about, and we obviously have a ten percent of any future sell on. So if he goes to Leipzig and has an absolute stonker there as well, and end up getting a move to an even bigger club, uh, we'll. We'll probably make somewhere in the region of another three or four million, but uh, or maybe not quite that much. But yeah, so so, so what happened yeah. about the the they couldn't make any money out of him unless he played half the games next season for Trasbonsor. Well, I mean, what, no, what so happened that, to all that? I don't know. That, so uh, he would if he would have played half the games next season this season, then they would have had to buy him Trabs once more. But that was the, after the season he had was never going to be a problem. If he, As long as he stayed fit, he was going to play the games and they were going to buy him and it was going to delay everything. But, you know, he obviously wants to move at this point in his career. And there's obviously been a lot going on in terms of discussions. It's been a very, very complicated deal that they finally got done. And, you know, he was never going to fit in a palace. All bridges were burned there. He did not want to come back. So, um, and... Uh, I think the kind of striker that Roy has been going for, Roy, Dougie, Steve, everyone has been going for this window shows that it's not the kind of striker we want in our system anymore. And there's been a lot of talk about trying to get Ben Teke out before the transfer window closes to try and get some funds in there. And you know, Brewster, completely different type of striker. Uh, ben Rama, a different type of forward. So the kind of players we're trying to get in, uh, you know, to fit this fast counter-attacking 4-4-2 system that we're now playing or 4-2-2-2 even, something like that. So, yeah, I just, I, I can't see how Sorlock fits into that. And you can look back at the last couple of years uh, and our recruitment has been pretty bad in terms of playing to Roy's strengths that he wants to in his team. And uh, we can't say that now. Obviously, he's been getting the players he wants and to fit the system. So, yeah, that that was that for Sorlock, really. And so, uh, yeah, good, good, good luck to him, I say it. But yeah, I, I, I do see it in five years' time when, um, as I say, he's, he's won the golden boot for Norway at the World Cup or something. <laughs> but who knows? You know, him and um, his name escapes me, the Dortmund striker up front, Haaland. Yeah, so yeah, so it's quite quite a lot of goals in that strike force last season. So it'll be interesting to see how Norway can, can do, uh, especially if they come up against Nick Holland. <laughs> Who have now appointed Frank <laughs> DeVore. Oh dear. He's gonna play a seven two one formation with the seven. Well, it's gonna be front. interesting when Patrick Van Arnold gets called up to play left sided centre back. 
Uh, I no. mean, I can't, I can't believe it. Can you, can you believe it? How does, how does someone consistently foul and then just end up with the top job? I really don't know. Have they qualified for the Euros, Holland? Uh, Netherlands, sorry, it's not Holland yeah, anymore, is it? You're not allowed to yeah. say that. Netherlands, are they, they're, they're there, are they? Hang on, what's, why are you not allowed to say Holland anymore? I, I'll, I'll Google that in a minute, but yeah, it's not Holland, it's the Netherlands. Yeah, so they, they, I mean, they have absolutely qualified. They must have. They've, they've really turned it on in the last couple of years, haven't they? They've sort of started to get back to where, they, where they should be. Um, well, you know, me growing up, they were a massive team when I was growing up. So maybe it's a Dutch thing because I thought Ronald Koeman was a shit manager and he's managing Barcelona now. So maybe they've <laughs> well, just got this like nineties sway on certain people. And because they're a decent player 20, 25 years ago, they can get whatever manager job they want. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, any England fans will remember Koeman not in too fond of light. <laughs> um, Scott Banks, that's what I want to talk about. Heskiff. Yeah. Um, you watched, uh, well, you, you managed to watch the under-23 game. Some of us who are Academy Founder members, um, no access Still no response, still no access, despite me emailing and speaking to DMs at, at CPFC. And no, still still nothing, still no, still no access for me. But you watched the game and you were impressed by him. Yeah, uh, I actually thought what would happen to me was what actually happened to you, i.e. I'm a gold member or whatever it is with the academy thing. Uh, but it wouldn't let me in, but it worked straight away. Um, Typical Palace, I, I went out, took, took my dog to the back garden for 10 minutes, came back and we let in a goal. So that was a good start. Um, but yeah, from, from the point I got back and started watching, like 10 minutes in or something, uh, Scott Banks was absolutely superb. I mean, he everything went through him. He took people on. He can cross the ball really well. Um, he had a really good finish for our first goal. Um, took a nice penalty to all. And in the end, they ended up putting him at left back because they, you know, brought on some subs and that. And he actually looked quite good there and was still bombing forward, like overlapping whoever it was that was on the wing. Um, so it was great. I mean, I, I know it's under 23s, um, albeit a higher level than our under 23s are used to. Um, and by all accounts, West Brom's reserve team are pretty good. Um, and, you know, you, you can only sort of play what's in front of you and that. But he was a class above, and considering Kelly was playing and Benteke, Sam Woods, they were all playing. Um, he was easily, easily the best player on the pitch. Uh, yeah, that's interesting that you say that they've put him left back there because maybe they've seen something in him that modern day fullback and that, how they are, you know, converted wingers basically, and seeing if they can make something of him there. You know, they turned Aaron Wambasaka into one of the best fullbacks in the country. So, could be interesting, especially with Patrick Van Arnold still not getting a new deal. Yeah. I mean, he just he just looked very, very good on the ball. Um, the, the only thing is he, he does look really skinny, but he's only, I think he's only just turned 18, hasn't he? So, um, you know, plenty of time to beef up or whatever, but he looks really, really good. So I can see why Dougie um, sort of went health level to bring him in because I know he was highly rated. And yeah, it's one game, but I can see why on that performance. All we need is uh, um, for um, someone to get injured so he gets a chance in the first team because that's the only way, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, at the moment, it would be Tyrick Mitchell would be getting injured and Nick, he's he's starting to make as much as a name for himself as Wamba Sacris and he's 
been brilliant back there. Oh, that that ball he played to Jeffrey uh, for the cross for the Townsend's goal, the first goal against Man United, wasn't it sublime? Mitchell, yeah. it was played played a part in two of the goals because he also doesn't get credited with the assist for the Zaha second goal because it takes a deflection off the Lindelof who's tackling with Zaha there. So it's, I mean. It's a fantasy. The best to look at assists, I think, is fantasy Premier League assists. Look at fantasy football. They tell you a better story about assists and actual official stat assists because he'll get an assist for that in fantasy but won't get an assist for it in regular. But yeah, I, I regret looking up Scott Banks. Uh, middle name Brian, if you're interested. You don't get Born me. 2001. Oh, dear. 2001. <laughs> I've um I've found out about Holland. According to the Matador Network, the Netherlands has officially decided it will only be called the Netherlands. The decision was made to rebrand the Netherlands' international reputation and managing an overflow of tourists who go to the country to visit Amsterdam but nowhere else. So there you are. <laughs> you, you've rebranded your identity as a country. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay, I mean, it, it is 2020 after all. Anything, anything can happen, um, we're including... Re- we're rebranding yeah. in the UK pretty much, aren't we? I've, I read today you need a, oh, a lorry pass to get into Kent now. It's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, well, Mikey uh, of this <laughs> parish, is, is he, he can't get to games at the best of times. Now he's not even going to be able to get out to get to games. Uh, but he won't be lorry. getting... Yeah. Well, you won't be going to games anytime soon. Um, now, Nick, I know particularly the season ticket dilemma has been a big scourge for you, but now all this, and it's just not going to happen now. It's extremely frustrating. It is, considering we scraped together the money, borrowed a bit, and actually was able to buy them outright after ruining my credit rating completely. Mm. It's, it's just, I don't really want to talk about it, but I've, I've looked upon it as... It's going to save me scrimping and saving next season, hopefully. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's 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 wrong, isn't it? Because you you when you when you're you're having to borrow money to do it, and you've already filed a credit check of something that you've done for years and paid that money monthly, never missed a payment, and all that stuff. It's it's wrong, and now to not actually have it. Yeah, you not be able to enjoy the fruits of that, and you know, have the have the palace time that you know for everyone as, as, as much as it is watching Palace it all helps all of our mental health you know like going to games and stuff like that it's what we do to feel, what we do for enjoyment even if it is watching Roy Ball half the time but um, yeah, yeah extremely frustrating I can say this because Will doesn't listen to the pod um, but he ain't getting a PlayStation 5 for Christmas now <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um yeah, God knows. PlayStation. Uh, I've had a baby. I don't, I don't even know what that is anymore. Like not a not a single chance. <laughs> um, Heskiff, you were you were talking. I saw you talking about this on Instagram about not getting into stadiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, shit. I mean, um, like you say, going going to Palace, it, it it is good for mental health. I mean, as much as I bleat and moan about that miserable, pessimistic stuff every week on here. You know, getting to go and hang out with my mates and have a drink and have a laugh. And if we lose, go and have a moan in Glazers and then Clifton afterwards. You know, it's all part of it. And I'm really feeling not being able to do that these past six months. So the idea of another six months, maybe, 
probably of not being able to do that still it's just crap because it's something to look forward to isn't it you know you have a week at work and you just want to see your see your mates and watch watch palace mm -hmm. um and it's not the same watching it on telly and you know like a, a few of the games we've done zoom uh zoom chats or whatever on which is fine but it's just not the same and um i just really miss going you know and it's typical we've started of started the year off pretty well if we end up having a brilliant season and it's the season that none of us can actually go and watch it, that'd be quite typical, wouldn't it? I'm going to yeah, go we, and we, uh, get a Saturday job at Sainsbury's. I've been thinking. I've been thinking this. Um, somehow, get a job at the club. Uh, there might. There must be a way. Uh, I, I regret not getting my SAI license, SIA license when I worked in pubs back in the day. Because if I'd have got that, I could have. Um, <laughs> could have got security or something maybe maybe a groundsman i don't know sits let's all go on the website have a look why why do they still have stewards there i noticed that at Bank United. there were quite a few stewards why what what have they got to steward uh stop people getting in um should there be a rush of people coming trying to force their way in I don't know. Yeah, but they're at the front of the terrace. But we could meet up at the crack in the gate at the top of the homestead, couldn't we? And take turns in looking through while somebody else um, watches on their <laughs> Sky Sports mobile. Now TV have taken off at me. I'm on the phone at them later. Um, yeah, but apparently somebody was there for the uh, Southampton game and they were streaming it on their phone and, and trying to see as much of the pitch as they could. Yeah, I think you, at the other end as well, the opposite corner between the White Horse and the main stand, yeah, I think you can get a little glimpse of some there as well. I think you can actually see part of the goal there. Um, yeah, sadly, uh, I could go to the roof of my house, but you just can't quite see over the White Horse to the pitch. You can just see the front of the Homesdale, but you can't see the White Horse. I uh, can't see the pitch, unfortunately. So uh, it feels it feels annoying being so close, but yet so far when we're playing at home. Um, but we will be playing there this weekend, and I mean, it's a, it's a, there's no, no no other ways to describe it. It's a top of the table clash, uh, hundred percent records, uh, and it's Everton. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fantime videos. Choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Now, Heskiff, mm. perennially Everton. Brilliant transfer window, it would appear, every single window, uh, summer window. Mm -hmm. And then they get off to a shocking start, but not quite this season with an impressive 1 0 win at Spurs. And 
dismantled, albeit 10-man West Brom on the weekend. Well, I've actually got their game on now in the League Cup and they're beating Fleetwood 3-2, but uh, Pickford has absolutely ruined the both goals. He tries to dribble around two players for the first one, just kicks it straight to their striker. And the second one was a sort of not great overhead kick straight at him and he sort of punched it into the net. So hopefully he starts on Saturday uh, and continues his form. Um, and they've got a pretty strong team out here. It's not, they haven't got Hammers and it's Alan. I mean, they're, they're two South Americans they bought are called James and Alan. It's not. <laughs> it's yeah. And, and so you hear the commentators saying Hammers and Alan. Alan, yeah. Alan. Um, but no, they've started well. I watched their game against Tottenham and yeah, they looked very good, very disciplined. I don't think they're going to be the sort of team that will really come at us as much for us to counter-attack. I hope they do, but they seem to be a bit more disciplined than we've seen Everton be over the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, I, I you, say, you say that, but I, I, I thought when I watched the West Brom game that that uh, Alan, 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 um, I, th- I thought he was he was quite undisciplined at times. I thought he he joined the attack a bit too much and he got they got caught out a couple of times doing it, particularly for the Dear Garner goal on the break. Uh, when he scored so I think like I don't think their structure is fully in place yet I think there's still opportunities to get at them because I think they you know they're still learning this system and all gelling together they've only you know there's not been much time for these players to get in so I think I think there is some scope still there and I I, I think they will come over so I mean Nick it's it's Ancelotti right this he's yeah. he plays attacking football he's a good manager I, I wouldn't mind him Sort of ass. He's only a couple of years younger than Roy, though, isn't he? Um, yeah. you, just as an aside, I've got a South American, well, Argentinian brother-in-law, Kenneth, whose <laughs> whose brother's called Alan. But their their mum their mum's from Buenos Aires. Their dad's from Dundee. So, um, yeah, but yeah, Ken, <laughs> but he's, he's Hispanic, um, really. But no, Everton, Calvert Lewin's really coming on now. Um, they just just look a good force, but. It's been two games. Uh, thanks to Heskiff to um, goad me about the fact that he can watch the game when I was moaning just before we came on that I couldn't. I'm sure he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> um, but hopefully, they'll, they'll, if they've got first teamers out, they'll be tiring themselves out because we've had a few extra days off. As long as we don't yeah, perform well, like we did in the League Cup, because that was pony, wasn't it? Well, I've been I've looked at our team here. So of the players that played against uh, West Brom on the weekend, you've got Pickford, Keane. And Digne uh, and Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison have all played in this game. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been substituted at half time, so he's played forty-five minutes. So that's a it's a fair chunk of them. I mean, it's not it's not near the engine room. It's not Decore or Alan in there, but hopefully it will tire Richarlison a little bit. Uh, James Rodriguez, I see, is um, not not even made the bench. He's He's not prepared to do it on a cold Wednesday night in Fleetwood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can only play to advantage. They're playing. We're not, you know, a bit, a bit of an extra energy in the legs for our players. And um, yeah, we'll see. I've been Dominic Calvert-Lewin, along with Hammers, are probably your two main threats, Heskiff. Mm. Calvert-Lewin started the season with a goal and a hat-trick. Um, England credentials is is he the sort of man that can be challenging Harry Kane for that spot up front? Uh, I mean, as you know, I don't really watch international football, but uh, based on even if it's based on the start of the season, I think Harry Kane's 
four goal, uh, four assists and a goal, wasn't it, the other day? Yeah, three uh, assists and a goal, three, yeah. You know, I, I think he's... I think oh, no, it was four assists, excuse me. It was four, you're right, yeah. I, I think he's doing all right for his place. Um, but Calvert-Lewin's, yeah, he's come on a lot because I, I remember watching him probably two years ago and I was just like, the only team he, he can score against is Palace, which is no credential whatsoever because um, we're, we're good at that. But... Yeah, I watched him a bit last year and he looked a lot better and he's been really good at the start of this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know who gets picked up front for England these days. It, but if he carries on like that, because he's still fairly young, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's very young, yeah. He, he, but, yeah, it's, it's absolutely for England. It's a, it's a one-man job. The other ones are the other wide players. So it's a three up top, but it tends to be Sterling and Sancho or a variation of that alongside Kane. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's had a very good start to see. So I hope he doesn't continue uh, uh, on Saturday, obviously. But yeah, he's coming. He's coming a long way over the last sort of couple of years, and I think having someone like Angelotti as his manager is going to help him a great deal, isn't it? Because he, he yeah. Nick said he is a really good manager. So, but he's also he's also said alongside Angelotti helping him. Uh, Nick, he said. Big Duncan Ferguson's been helping him a lot as well. Now you certainly would have seen him play. I, I know you would have as well, Hesketh. Yeah, he was one scary mofo. Um, <laughs> and um, he's probably too scared to play badly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah, he was one of a kind. He was a, a kind of in the Roy Keane mould. I love that picture of Jimmy Bullard when he's standing next to him on a pitch and he's sort of leaning away, looking up with him with like half amusement, half fear on his face. Because <laughs> you knew he would do you. Like, there wasn't any question about it. Like, if you pissed him off, he'd throw an elbow in your face and yeah. not even care about the red cards. So, um, it's not like all that peacock, you know, feather showing, chest pumping out kind of. It, it's all empty, hot air. But, um, but yeah. Because he took over as temporary manager for a bit, didn't he? And they didn't do yeah. too badly under him, did they? Yeah, he did all right. Um, so that's I think that's part of why he was kept on. And, you know, that's the whole kind of thing, understanding the DNA of the club and all of that. We know how important that is at Palace. So not surprised to see him on there. Um, what else we got to so say? One last bit on Everton there, but pretty much in a similar mould to how United played against us on the weekend. So it'll be high fullbacks. Now, if you think back to those times we beat Everton 3-2, 3-2 in in consecutive seasons or was it you know a 3-1 thrown in there as well somewhere um Heskiff, they made a lot of mistakes with high full backs uh, maybe Ancelotti won't remember, won't recall this or won't have seen seen the footage of this but is it it's got to be another area we can take advantage of especially considering how we've performed going forward in the first two games yeah absolutely and the the way we played against man u like i said was what I hoped we could play like and were capable of, but never thought we actually would do it, especially at, at Old Trafford. Um, we need to start doing it at home. Uh, obviously, I, I think everyone's very well aware that we, we're great at counter-attacking. We're not quite as good at breaking teams down. So if Everton do play a bit higher up, then that will sort of hopefully play into our hands a bit. Um, and the way that the front players are, are moving the ball and getting the ball forward quickly is is brilliant. Um, and, you know, you've got players like, it was good to see Mama back in the team because he started to move off for the first goal. And like Nick said, Tarek's ball over the top to, to Schlupp was, was perfect. Um, and we've now got players like Eze who can come on, 
who I thought was great in his in his sort of little cameo on on Saturday. Um, and you know, if they are playing high and if they are getting tired, and you can bring on players like Eze and, and Bashwai, that's only going to help us. That's only going to help us. And if we can be confident, you know, we've we've, we've been good at the back so far. Um, apart from the goal, I didn't really think Man United looked like scoring against us, which is pretty mad to say. But we played very, very well, and I think you have to you have to play well back to front in order to 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 get results like that. But you know, there's no reason to think that we can't carry it on, even against a very good um, Everton team. Now, the way we've performed this season, now, uh, fair enough to say, it could be they're just shit, as Nick said. Uh, United, we don't know yet. Southampton obviously got absolutely spanked by Spurs. And I think their problem was in both their games, showing zero respect to us and to Spurs, probably a little bit more ludicrously with that extremely high line they played, which Son just exploited over and over. Um, but Nick, do do you think our upturn in performances is partly like Heskip just said there that Roy can know that he can turn around and look at his bench at any time and bring on players that could change a game in our favour if we need to chase it or be confident in bringing on attacking players even when we're winning games? It's he's got to feel a lot better about what's sitting behind him. Yeah, and um, to have quality on the bench is good, but you've got to look at the players he's starting with. The, the two, uh, McCarthy and MacArthur, they seem to be the two in midfield that we need to keep together, and who'd have, who'd have thunk that last season? And also, Jeff Slup uh, has been a bit of a revelation. He he tore um, Man United apart quite a few times, didn't he, at the weekend? Mm-hmm. So the fact we got those players, and Eze just looks so relaxed, and controlled, mm. and you think, what's he going to be like if he steps it up a gear? It's just fantastic. But sure, I'm still not convinced by. Um, he, he certainly is a goal scorer, but he's he's not. I don't think he's the messiah that everybody says he is. Um, if we get Bruce to or Ben Rama in, that that'd be even better. But we just seem assured. We've got we've got that back four who, who are interchangeable, and it doesn't matter who's playing there. We seem to be quite consistent in uh, you know keeping a number of goals against us down. I mean, Everton are averaging. Well, they've played two league games. They're averaging three a game, so it'd be interesting to see how how they how we can deal with them. And I think we do quite well, actually. It's good. Um, whether Wilf will be captain again, um, I think that made a bit of a difference. From from all accounts, he he really gave the team up before the Man United game. And a lot a lot of the Palace problem has been we can play well against the big teams. It's when we're playing against the the not so big big teams. So. It, it depends on how you view Everton, really, doesn't it? If we think it's a big game because they're top of the table or near the top of the well, table, that's what I'm, that might be in Everton, our favour. Yeah, it's how Everton view Everton, I think, at the moment, isn't it? How do they believe that the ownership is on them to come out and attack us? You know, they you know, they think they're a massive club, Everton, don't they? And they probably are a massive club, historically speaking. Um, so, yeah, if they if they come out and have a go at us, then, you know... It, that's what we want, really. And that, that's where we, we, we failed a bit last season, is when teams aren't coming at us, we don't really know what to do. We can't grab the game by the scruff of the neck ourselves. I mean, if you look at the possession stats from Saturday, what did we have, 29% in the end? Mm. So, you know, we, we're making our chances count. But if if we can't do the counter-attack, it's like we don't know what to do otherwise. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to change this season, because, again, this is part of... The, the recruitment drive and the people just come in 
there's a lot the ball the ball's moving around a lot quicker amongst our front lines. So yes, the counter attack is always an option still because all the pace we have. But when we do come up against teams who are going to sit deep against us, I think we've got those options now where you can move the ball quickly in triangles around the area and little cute runs can happen. And now you've got the likes of Batshuayi in there. I think Zaha. I can't see any reason why you take him out of centre forward at the moment. He's got he's got to play in there. He's just scoring. It's carried over from pre season into the current season. So if you're getting all those players in and around each other in the edge of, in the edge of the box, we're actually getting numbers. I was saying it um, in the Porsons on the weekend to Carl. I just can't believe only white shirts we've got in the United half. Um, not even in just in counter attacking situations, but just pressing them high up the field. The midfield being high up as well. It was. It was really, really refreshing to see. So it'll be interesting to see how we cope with that challenge of a team sitting deep when it eventually eventually arises this season. You know, we'll see our fixtures have been a difficult start, but we've got six points on the board already. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that comes out. Um Hmm. It's it's nice feel- to have more than one focus player that's gonna gonna worry them as well. Before it was passable to Wilf, passable to Wilf, hmm. um, but because he's up front, you can't pass the ball to Wilf. So it, it is uh, down to Townsend who who played fantastically hmm. on Saturday. So so giving the others more responsibility is making them raise their game. I feel. Yeah, and also it. Th- th- I think that's twofold as well, Hesky. If you've got because of the increased options on the bench of quality, it's. That, that people are fighting for their places. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention Townsend as well. Like Nick, I thought this summer, I was like, you know, he, he he didn't have a good season last year. I know a lot of people didn't, but he was, you know, particularly sort of bland. But he started this season off amazingly. I think I saw a stat that he had one assist all season last year. And now he's got... One, one assist and one goal yeah. last season. And, and he's got that already within the seven minutes of the, of the second game. So... You know, I'm not I'm not one for stats being king or anything, but he's obviously he's obviously having more of an impact already. Um, whether that's because Eze's in and there's rumour that we want Ben Rama and there's rumours that we might be looking to sell him, I don't know. But whatever it is, it's making him step his game up, um, which can only be good for the team. And yeah, I think Wilf giving giving Wilf the captaincy was was brilliant. I think, with the exception of Mikey. Um, I think everyone was really, really hyped up by by the picture of him wearing the armband um, mm. before the game, and he just looks so good again. You know, I, I said in the first pod that we did this season that I thought he was going to be in player of the year because this is the year he's going to get back to the Wolf we all know, and it looks like he's he, he's doing that. Um, you know, he's had two goals disallowed through offside. Um, one a little bit closer than the other, but both of them have been really good finishes. He seems to love roofing the, roofing the ball into the net like he did with his penalty. Um, he just looks way more assured, uh, and, and I think giving him the armband only sort of pushed him on. And, and when he was interviewed after the game and, and they said, you know, are you surprised by how well have you started the season? He just straight away was like, no, I'm not surprised. I know we've got, we've got the ability. We just have to believe in ourselves. That's what I told the team. Um, and obviously, we've we've won two games, so we're all being positive, and it could all come crumbling down. But I, I think every, everything that we had hoped would happen is is has happened so far, and, and we've really got to try and capitalise on that and, and push on against teams like Everton. Is Nick, it, you were, you were, you were going to games when we were top after eight games, weren't you? Yeah, 
Yeah, that was a long time ago. It seems a long time ago. Um, I, I, I was just going to say, uh, with Wilf as captain, can you see Milivojevic getting it back? Can you actually see Milivojevic getting in the starting lineup? Well, I, I think at the moment it would be lunacy to break up McCarthy and McCarthy. Uh They've they've been playing really well now. I, I cast my mind back to the middle of last season. Uh, and, uh, I got some abuse for it as well. well I, I, I didn't get abuse. Roy Hodgson indirectly got abuse through this tweet where I was, I was speaking to him at a dinner and he said to me, you know, James, just wait until you see what James McCarthy can do. Um, if, if he can get runner games and he can stay fit um, this time next year, he could be, you know, he'll, if he, if those conditions are met, he'll be absolutely in the starting 11 all the time. And, you know, he, he showed flashes of it last season. He had the odd good game, but then he also had a fair amount of shockers as well. But in a two with MacArthur, who, you know, they have history of playing with each other all the way back through their careers. So they clearly understand each other's games. They, um, just, there was a, a tweet of them when they were younger and they actually look older yeah. then than they do now. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they got away from Scotland, so no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's got that bit of grit. We have in midfield. I, I always think Luca's way too nice in the middle of the park. You know, he, he's got the most misleading song in the world sung about him because he's... He's a bit of a pussycat, really, and you know, he just game week one. I can't believe I just called it game week one again. Oh, Southampton, <laughs> McCarthy. So, so, no, it's too much fantasy football. That's what it is. Uh, but you know, he absolutely got stuck into James Ward Prowse all game long, and James Ward Prowse just did not want it, um, which meant that he couldn't go around trying to wind up Will because his his head was elsewhere, and he should, McCarthy just. They highlighted him on Match of the Day. Jermaine Genus and Danny Murphy talked about their partnership, and you know he was just all over the pitch. He's just crunching players, and yeah, I'd, I, it would be lunacy to break them up at the moment. So I think Luca needs to sit on the sidelines while that's happening. In terms of whether Wilf gets the caps, I, I, I'm conflicted about. I don't think he'll get given club caps. I don't know what you think, Heskiff, because he has he openly wants to leave, right? So can you really have your club captain as someone who openly wants to leave? But on the flip side, of course, he's a local legend. Um, I think you can have him as captain because whilst he, yeah, we know he wants to go. He still, he still cares. Like he, I, I, I don't for a minute believe that he's ever stopped wanting to do well. Um, now he didn't have a great season last year. As I said before, no one did really. Um, but I think he, he can G people up. You know, he might not be the sort of one who's shouting all the commands or whatever on the pitch during the game, but the captain doesn't necessarily mean that. And if you, you know, people want captains to lead by example, I think the way that Wilf is playing so far and, you know, how far he's come with the club, whether he wants to leave or not, I think he should stay captain because it's obviously given him an immense, you know, sense of pride. And if he plays like he did against Man U, he... He absolutely ran him. Um, I don't see why you take it away. Do, do you think they gave him the captaincy to try and a put him off to kind of put him off wanting to leave and say, "Look, you're really, really important here." Because I'd love him to be like um, a Matt Letizia type player, a one club player, all right, apart from his his spell at Man United. Um, and secondly, if Will's geeing the players up, Wilf is geeing the players up to make us play really well. What are the bloody hell's Roy doing? That's his job. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's more Ray Lewington's job on the sidelines with all this um, 
behind closed doors and if you turn the crowd noise off you all, all you can hear is Ray, Ray Lewington but I don't think like you know Roy, Roy's in, implementing the taxes and you need your captain to G people up that's, that's how it goes I think um, if you watch if you've been watching the Spurs all or nothing on Amazon that Harry you know it's Harry Kane's given the job as captain before games to try and G people up he just seems to just swear a lot drop yeah. f-bombs everywhere I don't, who knew he had such a potty mouth but uh, there you go uh, but yeah I, I, you know the Wilf has the utmost respect of everyone at the club Any anyone you hear talk about him just talks about how he's you know, one of a kind talent and so he, he is the senior player in the squad in terms of ability and everybody notices that. And um, yeah, so I, and I think it added an extra level to his game. He seemed to thrive in it. Uh, now, Heskiff, you did say he wasn't, he doesn't do as much shouting as you'd expect from your more traditional captain. Uh, but he was giving Harry Maguire an earful just before he scored his goal, which um, now you described Harry Maguire as someone who looked like his mum's cut his hair. Yeah, he does. He, <laughs> he just a, he's just got a big square head and a really shit haircut. <laughs> and I, I, like it baffles me that you get all of these people saying Wilf's not worth 70 million or, or whatever. I'm like, he fucking is. If Harry Maguire is worth 80 million, the sort of defending that I see from Harry Maguire... Like I said, I was saying to Vanessa when I was watching it, I was like, if if a professional footballer does something that I would do, then they're not very good. Because I'm shit at football. I'm certainly not a professional footballer. Um, (laughs) I watched that game and I'm just like, he looks slow and he looks clumsy. And would he get in our team? I don't think he would, to be honest with you. Um, But what I did like was, yeah, he, he sort of had a little bit of a collision with Wilf, where Wilf went down holding his head. Um, where Maguire sort of caught him. It wasn't intentional and probably Wilf went down a little bit easy. But he was having a bit of a natter in his ear hole, which seemed to me to be like, oh, you just wait or something. And then, you know, a minute later, he, he spins Lindel off and sort of d- does the both of them with a the third goal. It's just great. It's just great to watch because we know that he can do it. And and, and if you watch the Access All Areas thing on the Palace website, um before the ball even goes in the net, Mishy shouts goal, yeah. which, is, which is a great a great bit of video. So well worth watching that. Yeah, beautiful. I think that's as good a place as any to leave it for this week. Um, we'll just stick with, we'll go with predictions. We've been doing that again this season somehow. Nick, what are you going for? I reckon it's going to be close. I reckon uh, 4-3 Palace. I think there'll be a lot of goals. <laughs> a sort of harking back to... Um, what, what was it called? Zenith Data. What was that? Finish 4 1? I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. take four goals against them. Heskiff, <laughs> uh, what about you? Um, I think it'll be a very tough game because I think they're probably quite good. I'll go 1 all. Yeah, okay, I'll go 2 2 then because I think it will be a draw also. But um, it will be a very good point if it is. And then, I mean, if we find a way to make it three wins in a row, well, I mean, I'm going to get all sorts of carried away. <laughs> but there you go anyway look we'll be back next Wednesday uh, thank you for cut standing in Nick I think Albert will be back next week uh, we will be looking ahead to Chelsea which is at is it at Sadas? no it's at Stamford Bridge isn't it yeah yeah and that is has now been moved to 12.30 uh, for BT Sport I believe so that's where we'll be watching that fixture 
Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be recording Wednesday night. So back in your ears for Thursday. So Hesketh, thank you. Nick, thank you for joining. Good having you on, sir. You're welcome. Anytime. Anytime. And yeah, so until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.